Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Do you need heavy equipment or farm equipment? Look no further than Southern Equipment and Parts in Laurel. We have a wide selection of new and used equipment from many top brands. We also offer parts, service, and rentals. Whether you're a contractor, farmer, or just need help around the house, we have what you need. Southern Equipment is your one-stop shop for all farm and heavy equipment. Visit us at 5237 Highway 84 West and southernequipparts.com or call 601-651-4555. Or pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. From the Southern Bank Core Studios in Hattiesburg, we are glad that you're with us on this Tuesday, January 10th edition of the Eagle Hour on the Super Talk Network of stations across the great state of Mississippi. Kelly Sander, along with producer engineer Michael Mergens. Ben Milam is with us today on the program. Hayes Maple, standout linebacker at Southern Miss, who's been victimized by not one, but two ACL injuries and has vowed to return. He's in the studio with us. We're going to be talking with Hayes shortly. Also, track and field coach John Stewart, the Golden Eagle track team, which if you've been following track and field at Southern Miss, you know, it's been one of the more consistent performers on the good side of the ledger, for sure, the last two or three years, John Stewart will be joining us as the tracksters, if that is such a term, will begin the season, the spring season, this coming weekend. Our first segment is always brought to you by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. It's always the place to go for a great meal that's home-cooked and a wide variety of choices of, uh, of sides as well as the great smoked meats that you can enjoy daily. With the Super Bowl coming up, you might want to keep Dickies in mind for your Super Bowl party or any basketball tailgates at Reed Green coming up. Dickies Barbecue Pit. We thank them for their support of the Eagle Hour and Southern Miss Athletics. Hayes Maples joins us now. He prepped out of Oak Grove High School, an outstanding linebacker for Southern Miss. Two years ago went down with an ACL injury. Not uncommon, uh, unfortunately, in football. Was ready to play the next year and in drills before the season started, tore it again, and has vowed yet again to come back. Hayes, welcome. It's great to have you here. And, to be here. And, and the first question I want to ask you, and we talked a little bit of this in our production meeting before the show, a lot of people would say, man, you know, once, I get it, but twice, did you ever think of just saying, it's, this just isn't meant for me, I, I'm done, but... but you vowed to come back. Take us through that thought process on your part. I mean, to be honest, as soon as it happened, I had the mindset that I'm coming back. Like, I'm ready to attack rehab again and get back on the field, and I want to finish my career out of Southern Miss the right way. Then the next logical question is, do you ever worry about it happening again? But you made the point that you can't play scared. Can't play scared. I mean, there's going to be those days where it's in the back of your head a little bit, but I mean, just got to trust on the rehab and the work you put in that, I mean, just you just got to go out there and play and not worry about it. Tell us about your 
rehab right now when you should be ready to go full drill spring training starts a little bit earlier this year than usual so kind of take us through the chronology of the next six or seven months where Hayes Maple's career is concerned at Southern Miss so yeah I've been I mean the day after surgery I was in the uh, training room starting rehab it's it's really just a mindset thing if you have the mindset that you're going to attack it you're going to come every day and get better and get that quad stronger get your legs stronger uh you know it's it'll set you on the right path to a fast recovery and I've tried to do that so I'm ahead of schedule so going into the spring um just be doing workouts uh all season training until I think late February is when we start spring ball this year but but you'll be listed as non-contact for the spring yes yeah as I'm now I'm I'm gonna be non-contact uh be able to do position drills uh seven on seven and and just be out there you know doing some type of practice with the team uh so i can you know still try to be a leader try to you know just help the guys out anyway you'll be classified as a junior so you actually have uh two years coming back ben get in here with uh, hayes maples well i want to go back to sort of the decision to come back and we were talking before uh, the show I kind of imagine it, it helps a little bit to see guys like Stetson Bennett, who turns 41 in August, I think. <laughs> yes. And just with you get the COVID year back, and, and that's become more of a common thing. You guys see guys in their sixth and even seventh years. Did that help at all, that that, that is a common thing to help you make this decision to come back? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was helpful. It gave me an extra year to have the chance to come back, so... I think you'll see it a lot in college football over these next couple of years. A lot of older guys going 24, 25, still being able to play the game. I think it's it's really great for the game, too, uh, that you'll have guys with experience, guys that will get that extra chance after an injury to come back and pursue the game they love. Well, you also you also saw sort of the, the other side of it, maybe, uh, being being out the full year. I mean, we'd... So the Miss fans saw you on the sidelines with the headset on, and, and you kind of got more of a coaching perspective a little bit. How did that inform maybe your college football experience and how you take that in as a player next year? I mean, I was it was a cool experience being able to wear the headset and listen to all the play calls and everything going in. I mean, obviously I wanted to be on the field playing with my brothers and everything, but due to the circumstances I wasn't. And, uh, I mean, it really helped me grow my knowledge for the game just – defensively like our scheme wise uh I wasn't playing and getting those reps but I was getting mental reps every day and uh learning the ins and outs of defenses and coverages and all that so we know that Hayes Maples will be coming back Swayze Bozeman or I don't know to what degree there was a question as to whether he was coming back but it's I guess we can say somewhat official that Swayze says he's coming back as well Hayes fill in the blanks yeah it's I think it's pretty official um he was awarded a medical red shirt to come back for a seventh year. And, I mean, there's nobody more deserving than that dude. I mean, that dude's worth ethic, worth ethic is insane. I've, I've just tried to keep up with him. I mean, he's one of the hardest workers I've ever seen in my life. I want to take, I want to take uh, Southern Miss fans back to your entire life, really. You are born and raised in the Hattiesburg area. Your older brother, Kirk, your only brother, yep. uh, who's now a dentist in the Jacksonville area, was quite a baseball player, pitcher to be precise. Your older sister, Mallory, was quite a softball player. 
in her day. She continues to live in, in the Hattiesburg area. So you were the baby of the Maple, Maples kids. And it's not unusual for the youngest kid in any family to always be the best athlete, right? Because they were always having to play, you know, with the older kids yeah. in the neighborhood. But you also were a terrific baseball player as a kid coming up. You were behind the plate, one of the premier catchers in the youth leagues around the area. And then, as we mentioned, played both baseball and football at Oak Grove High School. Talk about baseball and football and you sorting through the decision as to which one you were going to do at the Division One level because you could have played D1 baseball at different places. Well, I mean, starting off at Oak Grove, I mean, it's the normal thing to play football and baseball, right? There's been so many greats come through Oak Grove that have played both, you know, McCarty, Taylor Braley, J.C. Keys, uh, John Rice Plumley. We all just thought it was a normal thing to do is go straight from football season to baseball season. And uh, a, lot, a lot of college coaches want you to play multiple sports and, you know, like not just be focused on one because you can develop athletic abilities from other sports too. I hope that parents have heard that, you know, coming from somebody who would know. Oh, yeah. Right. But then the decision came. You know, you like playing baseball. You like playing football. You could have gone to UNO to play baseball, but then the call from Southern Miss came. Tell us about that. Yeah, so I was, I was really focused on going to play baseball. I was doing, you know, all the showcases at different colleges and um, went down to UNO and had a good day at a showcase, and I got an offer from them to come play. Um, it didn't work out for whatever reason. I decided not to commit there and go there, and uh, – it's crazy how it worked out. The next week in class, I got called to the office, and it was it was Coach Hobson back in the day uh, saying that they were going to offer me. So that was my first football offer. And then after that, ended up getting about four or five other offers, and it was a pretty easy decision to stay home. When you, we were also talking before the show just the difference in maybe the satisfaction of a football and a baseball win and how that, that maybe informed your decision a little bit. Can you Can you tell us about that? Well, I mean, over my career at Southern Miss, we've had some we've had some tough years just due to different circumstances. And whenever we have got the chance to win, I mean, this year we had a great year. But uh, I I was a part of it, but I wasn't out there on the field, you know, actually grinding with my brothers. But from the times at Southern, whenever we have been victorious, like it's just no better feeling because you put in so much work from fall camp to the long season practice and everything and just being able to get that win is so hard to win a football game in college and whenever it is just it it feels amazing well and and as you you reach that seven win uh, that seven win mark this past year ahead of this next year I mean there's there's obviously from an outside perspective plenty of momentum and fan base is excited and starting to feel like Southern Miss football is on its way back again. From the inside perspective, from your perspective, what is it like around your teammates and the coaching staff ahead of this next year? Uh, I mean, there's there's a ton of anticipation. I mean, we feel like we can make a another uh, substantial jump and just have a, have a great season, really um, boost our team like we did this year. But like we want we want even more. Like we're not stopping for seven wins and. And a bowl win, which was great, but we want more. We want a conference championship. Southern Miss junior linebacker Hayes Maples on the mend. He plans to be back on the field this fall. You think he's tough after two ACL surgeries. Might be a little bit reason 
as to why he's so tough. We're going to talk with Hayes Maples more about that when the Eagle Hour continues in a moment. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Tomorrow on the program, the radio voice of the Marshall Thundering Herd, Steve Cotton, will be joining us with a preview of the Golden Eagles' next basketball game in Huntington. That's a big one in the Sun Belt as the Eagles will play the Thundering Herd Thursday night on a nationally televised format of ESPN. Steve Cotton will join us tomorrow. Also on the program, Heath Hinton tomorrow from Big Gold Nation. Uh, keep us up to date with down-to-earth information coming out of Southern Miss. This segment of the program brought to you by our friends at Campus Bookmart, the big yellow building across from the main entrance to the campus. It's the place to go, your one-stop shop for everything Southern Miss, whether uh, it's apparel, uh, sweatshirts for baseball season, you can get your Lending Tree Bowl championship T-shirts there, or anything that you might want to give for knickknacks, housewarmings, birthdays, uh, anything that's coming up, anything that can have a Southern Miss logo printed on it, it's there at Campus Bookmart, and you can shop them 24 hours a day at campusbookmart.net. Kelly Sander, producer engineer Michael Mergens, and Ben Milam here talking with Hayes Maples, the standout linebacker for Southern Miss who suffered not one, but two ACL injuries on the mend, and he says he will be back this fall, and we are all hoping that that is the case and wish him well. Hayes, I want to take you back to a, to a, a tough time uh, in your life. You were, you were nine years old when you lost your dad, Tim Maples, to cancer. Now, those of us in the Hattiesburg area know how influential your dad was and how pro-kid he was. He coached a lot of kids in youth baseball mm-hmm. himself, and it's... Uh, and it's, it's a tough thing to have to deal with at nine years old. Can you remember that far back and how you were you real? Did you really understand what was going on at the time? So, yeah, I mean, I can remember it. But um, like you said, I really didn't understand it. Um, I really didn't understand it until probably, you know, several years later down the line. But uh, it was a tough thing to go through for sure. What do you remember about you were old enough to remember, obviously, your dad and some of the times you guys had? Yeah, I mean, I just uh, I you, remember him coaching you, and everything. The baby of the family, right? Yeah, I remember uh, at Optimus Park and and eight year old coach pitch. He was he was always the uh, the pitcher, and everybody would get up to hit, and he would be you know throwing meatballs down the middle, and I'd get up to hit. He was he was humming that thing in there. <laughs> <laughs> so he treated he, you. He was trying to strike me out. <laughs> <laughs> he was trying to make you better. I yeah. think probably. Yeah. Right, but. But having been dealt that blow, how have you used that to be who you are today? I mean, it's it's just um, motivation. Um, try to go hard. Try to make them proud, for sure. And I guess because you hear all the time people say um, that that could be something that has gotten in your way, but it obviously hasn't. Right? I mean, you've been able to, to deal with it in your own way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've been able to deal with it I really think through just training and football that is that sort of place I go where uh, I just free my mind like just that's like my rehab my therapy just working out training on the field playing football the game of the game of college football has evolved just since you've been in it I mean example of course the NIL deals the transfer portal things like that 
if you could wave a, a magic wand, Hayes, is football, college football going in the right direction, wrong direction? If you could be king of the world, so to speak, what would you do to improve college football? Um, yeah, I think it's it's kind of it's like the wild wild west right now, college football, especially you know the the big big dog schools, um, guys just going to different schools and out of nowhere. But uh, you know, I think it's it's still just football though. At the end of the day, you, you got to line up, you got to play football, and you know there can be guys getting nil deals and everything, but you still got to line them up. You still got to face me on the field. Well, yeah, now and, and with the uh, twelve-team playoff coming in a, in a year, year or two, two years. I think it's next year. Is it isn't next it? year? Um, yeah, I mean, you, you watch a game like you watched last night, and I think you know maybe a lot of people say, "Oh, well, you know, teams like TCU, even you know, if you're not at the very, very upper echelon, you just don't have a chance." But I feel like that'll spread the competition a little bit, spread the recruiting out, because now everybody feels like they have a chance. Even Southern Miss would have a chance to get in the playoff, and then anything could happen. How, do, how does that inform maybe the way you, you think about your postseason hopes in these next few years? Well, I mean, it's, it's definitely on our minds seeing like teams like Tulane go win the Cotton Bowl, and, I mean, TCU uh, having a great year and making it to the national championship. Yeah. But, you know, the – Expansion to 12 teams, I think it gives the top group of five team, uh, if I'm not mistaken, a chance to get in there. I think this year if they would have had it, Tulane would have got in there. But, uh, I mean, it, it gives us a chance. It gives us a chance to make it in the playoff and see what happens. What about those guys, to take you back to this past year, I mean, you've gotten a chance to play with some pretty good linebackers in that linebacking room. Uh, recently, over the last few days, Sandro Latham announced he'll, he'll enter his name into the NFL draft. Dalen Gill did the same. What, what was that experience like watching from a non-playing perspective to see those guys have the year that they had this year? Man, it was awesome, especially uh, coming in with Sandro, being there for all five years. I know he was there year before me for six, but just seeing the player he developed into, uh, the way he played the game was was fearless, man. He was out there throwing his body around, just hitting folks. It was it was great to see. And with Dalen, too, he just came in in the spring. And uh, to see him have a great year, just coming in here, learning the defense in such a short time and going out there. And same way with him, man. He's a big physical dude. I remember in the spring, uh, one of the first full pad practice, I mean, he absolutely, he absolutely laid uh, one of our running backs out and just set the tone for our defense, really, for the year to come. You talked about in your rehab process, Hayes, that you will have to, air quotes, get some of your skills back. Which ones do you think will be the most difficult ones to recapture, considering your downtime? It's hard to tell, you know, really, till you get back out there on the field and get back into the groove of playing and everything. But uh, before I got injured, I had really developed a, a good skill for blitzing and uh, finishing as a pass rusher on like a running back and getting to the quarterback and uh, I still feel like I have those skills and um, I know I have those skills and I'm just ready to get back out there and actually do it again. Because of the coaching situation at Southern Miss it's been a little bit you know up and down you really weren't weren't sure necessarily who was going to be where but now Austin Armstrong, you've been able to settle in un under his system. How would you describe the type of defense that he wants to run and where you fit in that defense? I mean, it's 
it's the best defense I've ever been a part of. No hate to any of the other coaches I've been under, but this is the best scheme I've ever been a part of. Um, I'm a Mike linebacker, and, you know, just the play calls, he's just one of the best play callers I've ever seen to get us in the right position to make a play against whatever the offense has called. I mean, he, he gives you the call to put you in the right position to make a play, and it's your job to go out there and make the play. You know, some of your colleagues have talked to about that uh, they've done such a good job in the linebacking core this year because the strength up front in, in the D-line. Talk about the relationship between those two units, the linebackers and the, the Man, D-line. Yeah, that's, that was a huge part this year. I mean, bringing in guys like uh, Quentin Bivens and just many others that went up there and just dominated. They kept the linemen from climbing up to the linebackers. It really freed us up to make plays. Uh, whenever, whenever those guys aren't doing their job necessarily, I'm, I'm not that they didn't do it this year, but just it's really important to keep those linemen off of you so you can really just run free and, and make plays. In terms of that that defense you mentioned, that defensive scheme, it's it's a fairly complicated defense. It's it's multiple, as Austin Armstrong just, uh, describes it. In terms of getting back to playing form and getting used to playing in that system, is it? Does that make it more difficult to work your way through an injury and get back into playing form in a scheme like that? Or does is is it a smooth transition because you were on, like we said, the other side of it last year? I think it'll be a smooth transition. I, this might be my third season going into the scheme. I, mm-hmm. I think I've uh, picked it up. Um, I know it well. You know, it, it'll take some time to get back into it. And, you know, remembering little things like certain – certain uh drops certain run fits but uh, you know i i feel like i'm i'll be able to jump back into it rather quickly hayes maples is with this linebacker from the southern miss football team he already has his undergraduate degree and is now working to get his master's in sports management and really you're not really sure after the nfl career hayes what you would want to do of course after an NFL career, what would you need to do, right? <laughs> You'd be surprised. You mean. <laughs> but what you'd want to do with with a sports management uh, master's? Um, with the sports management, I feel like it's really broad. You could do a multiple of things, but um, you know, I'd be interested in getting into college coaching. Um, I, like y'all saw, like this year, I had a chance to be on kind of the coaching side of it, and I really enjoyed it. I um, just enjoyed being around the coaches and, and like learning from them, learning the knowledge of the game from them. So, yeah, I'd be interested in, in being a college coach. Well, he's got another year left, right, of, of actually two years of eligibility left. Yeah. So he could be the next Stetson Bennett, the Georgia quarterback, <laughs> who will go right from here to the uh, retirement home. But anyway, Hayes, we wish you nothing but the best. All the Golden Eagle Nation, I feel confident in saying, is uh, behind you 100%. And we look forward to seeing you on that field again this fall and completing a whole season, buddy. Thank you for being here. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you. All right. Hayes Maples, everybody. When we come back, we'll be joined by John Stewart, track and field coach at Southern Miss. They begin the spring season this Saturday, the spring season in January. More as the Eagle Hour continues after this timeout. Thank you. 
Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Eagle Hour continues on this Tuesday afternoon. This segment of the show is brought to you by 4th Street Bar and Grill. Maybe you got to catch the national championship there last night. Wasn't well, no, a very it was it was a bad game. By, by the way, I think you predicted TCU would win. Oh, we're not we're not going to talk about that. Yeah, I was going to say young Jedi, you know, <laughs> You know, I was. I wanted to throw something fun out Man, there. Okay. I knew it. I knew it wasn't going to be. Well, as as the NFL playoffs approach, no better place to go catch a game there at Four Street Bar and Grill. Thanks to those guys for sponsoring this segment. Ben Milam, Kelly Sander, Michael Mergens with you. We want to thank Hayes Maples for joining us for the first two segments. Really excited to see him back on the field. Great kid, man. Is he tough as nails or what? He sure is. Sure is. And there was never a doubt. He said there was never right. a doubt I was coming back. Yeah. yeah. And and for him to have two years left too. Might have right. for another two years. Right. We are joined by head track and field coach at Southern Miss, John Stewart. Coach, thanks for being on. Oh, thank you very much, guys. Well, Coach, you've, you've had the, the off-season break and this weekend, you open the indoor season at the Blazer Invitational in Birmingham. It happens pretty quick, doesn't it? It does. You know, it's, it's kind of good, though. You know, you come off of Christmas, and, you know, most people are – it's a letdown after Christmas. But for us, man, it's – hey, it's time to rock and roll. It's time to, to – the season starts, and it's a lot of fun right after Christmas. So I don't – I like this time of year. Well, in terms of in terms of the indoor season, I guess the indoor and outdoor kind of roll right into each other. But is there any different preparation relative to those two different, I guess, environments where you're you're running these meets indoor versus outdoor? No, there's really not. Um, you know, the, the only time that we worry about uh, any kind of preparation for the for the meets or. Uh, you know that just happens at the meet. Like we, we practice as normal on, the, on our outdoor track all year long, and then we just go inside. And you know the turns a little bit tighter, but but we just negotiate it. By the time we get to our conference meet, all the kids are used to running on a small track, and it's really not that big of a deal. I think the biggest thing is just we they add some extra events for the outdoor season that we we have to kind of negotiate and prepare for, like you know four by one relay and. Uh, you know, four in the hurdles and some of the long throws like javelin, you know, hammer, discus, things like that. that that's the only difference. So heading into the heading into the season, Coach Stewart, what are some things that uh, that you're particularly pleased with with this edition of the squad, and what are what are some things that uh, have you scratching your head a little bit? Well, I tell you what, man, we we've got a sensational distance group right now. We just came off a cross country championship. We won our first Sun Belt Championship in cross country, and the distance runners are, hey, they are, they're doing great. We just hope they just roll right into the indoor season. They just don't, they just, uh, you know, take up where they left off from cross country season. The, the bulk of our sprinters are still back, and we have a great group of sprinters on, on the women and the men's side. Um, and, and, uh, and so we're expecting a lot of things from those guys, from, from both those two areas, the distance runners, the sprinters. Jumpers, we got a bunch of brand new kids. And they're phenomenal athletes, but they haven't competed yet. So we're just going to take them to the meet and throw them in the fire and and, uh, and see how they do. Well, to go back a little bit to the offseason, in December, you announced the hiring of Jimmy Joseph out of Alcorn State, who's going to coach some of those jumps and sprints for you. What, what went into that hiring, and what are you excited uh, that Coach Joseph is going to bring to the team? Well, you know, we, we, we lost Coach Barnes. Uh, he went to Louisville and, and – uh, 
you know, I took my time with the hire and decided to make sure I got the right guy. But, but I've known Jimmy for a long time, you know, and, you know, he knows a lot of my buddies and, uh, and some of those guys that, uh, that I trust their opinion. They, they called and just gave him just a glowing recommendation. And, and Jimmy has been nothing but fantastic from day one. I mean, he's just a, a tenacious recruiter. I mean, he's just wearing me out. Every day I walk in the office and he's already there and he's just come, hey, I got this kid and this kid and this kid. So he's doing a fantastic job. He's a great coach. He knows his, you know, he knows his biomechanics. He knows the ins and outs. Uh, he's been there before and done it. And, you know, he was a head coach at Alcorn State. So uh, he, he kind of knows what, you know, knows what I'm going through all the time and, and, and he helps. So uh, I'm really excited about Jimmy. And I know we've asked this question before, Coach Stewart, about recruiting in, in track and field. But, you know, as, as we constantly take on new listeners, sometimes we want to go back over old ground. How do, I know that the state of Mississippi has some really good private school track teams across the state. Yeah. How do the public schools do in coaching track and field? And I mention that because obviously it's, it's no secret that athletic budgets are particularly tight. And if some sports have to go by the way of the Buffalo, lots of times it's track and field and you know, some of the other sports. So how, are, how do the public schools do in Mississippi uh, overall at, uh, at coaching track and field athletes? Well, you know, the public schools, they have all the good athletes. You know, there's a lot of good athletes in the public schools. And sometimes you just have to go see them. And you're not always going to have the greatest marks because sometimes you have a kid who's who's, uh, who's a brand-new track athlete, and they might just be running fast enough to, to win a race. They might not be running a fast time that I can look on, on uh, online or look on a piece of paper and say, oh, this kid's really fast. They might not be running that fast, but they're just winning all their races. So, uh, you know, the coaching level is getting better with every year that, that goes by in the state of Mississippi. You know, you still have some uh, football coaches that are collecting a supplement here and there, and, uh, you know, they're just kind of throwing the kids out there and saying, all right, ready, go. But, uh, but the coaching level is getting a little bit better. And there's a lot of athletes in, in the state of Mississippi. You just got to go find them. You just got to get out. You got to leave the office and get in the car and drive and go, go put eyes on them. And when you do that, you know, you're going to find a lot of diamonds in the rough, I think. And when you look at the calendar of the season, for outdoor, indoor and outdoor track and field, really chronologically, it's probably the longest season of any sport at the D1 level because you're starting now and won't get done until, what, late April maybe or even into May? June. June, okay. So you're talking about a six-month season and there really isn't any other sport. So how do you deal with, with injuries or is it reasonable to just assume that because it's a longer season you have to deal with all the more injuries? No, you have to because you just got to be really careful as a coach. You know, there's, we have a philosophy that, you know, I'd rather a kid be in a little bit less shape but be healthy and running fast on the track than someone who's in great shape but injured. So you just have to constantly monitor the kids, make sure you're not doing too much, make sure you're, uh, you know, the kids are in shape and healthy and running fast, but, but you just can't do too much or you start to get overuse injuries, stress fractures, just, you know, of course, your little things like shin splints. So, you know, it's just a constant monitoring by us and the, and the athletic staff. And Todd McCall and his staff, they do a fun, fantastic job with our kids. And, but it's just, it's constant, the, the, the communication that we have. Uh, with the training staff. Who, who that's, th- that's kind of how we negotiate it. What, what athletes do you think this year, Coach, that we should really keep an eye on that you think is just going to have a killer season? 
look, we have a new girl who transferred in from um, Arkansas Pine Bluff, uh, Safia John. She was an All-American last year, and she transferred her place. And that girl is fantastic. She is. She's been amazing at practice. She's a great student. She's like almost like having an extra coach, and and she's she is a heptathlete, and she can do it all. I think she scored like fifty points at the SWAC championship, but she's going to be great for us. Um, we have numerous other kids that are all right. going to be good, you know, from from Trinity Benson, Trinity Flagler, our, our four by one ladies, uh, Destiny Charles. Just all the 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 sprint kids are going to be great this year. So, but those are some of the ones that I know are going to be just uh, you know really really good for us that we need to look out for. But Sophia John is going to be awesome. Well, Coach, I'm curious. You mentioned the success in your first year in the Sun Belt last year. I mean, you go to these meets and and you're running against a, a lot of different schools and a lot of different conferences across the country. Is is there that much of a difference in being in a different conference in terms of track and field, or is it similar in terms of the structure? Well, it's it, there's not a lot of difference. I mean, it hasn't changed our schedule one bit right. being in a different conference. You know, we're still going to see the same competitors. We're going to see, you know, Alabama and LSU and Mississippi State and, you know, all the other Conference USA, you know, and Sunbelt schools at the same meets that we go to. Um, you know, we're only we're only limited by our budget, you know, whether we're going to get on a plane and fly to California or not. But really, we don't need to do that. I mean, you see some of the best competition in the country just, you know, it's just a bus ride away. So it doesn't change. Uh, anything as far as our our uh, our schedule is concerned, um, switching conferences it doesn't really doesn't really affect us. Um, the only thing that's really going to affect us is just uh, kind of where the emphasis is put on different events uh, at the Sunbelt Conference as compared to Conference USA. Conference USA was a little more distance oriented, and we went and wreck shopped with all of our sprinters. The Sun Belt is a little more sprint oriented, so our distance runners hopefully will go there and wreck shop. That's kind of the that's that's what we're hoping for. So please tell me, Coach Stewart, that uh, that even going into the Sun Belt, that that your athletes hate Western Kentucky as much as all the rest of us do. <laughs> oh, we still have a we have a we still have a great hatred for all of our competitors. <laughs> Western Kentucky is is one of those for sure. Oh yeah, we we we're here in the studio. Western Kentucky is at the, is at the bottom of the list. Uh, the Vulcan Invitational this weekend. No, it's not the Vulcan. Blazer. The Blazer, Blazer Invitational. Blazer. Yeah, the Blazer Invitational at Birmingham. And this team, because the facility up there in Birmingham, probably does spend as much time in Birmingham as it does in Hattiesburg. Yeah. But we wish you the best of luck, Coach Stewart. We'll be following you every step of the way, pun intended. And uh, we know it's going to be another great season for Southern Miss Track and Field. Thanks, Coach Stewart. Yes, thank you very much. To the top. There you go. To the top, top. indeed. John Stewart, track and field coach at Southern Miss. When we come back, Ben Milam will get us up to date a little bit about a lot of things. This Tuesday's edition of the Eagle Hour concludes after we burn this timeout. Southern Miss to the top. This final segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by our friends at D1 and D-Bat Training. It is softball and baseball season. Now that the National Championship of College Football 
such as it was, is in the books, uh, baseball and softball right around the corner. In fact, I think the Southern Miss baseball and softball teams, I think softball might actually be starting already practice. The uh, men's baseball team at Southern Miss will begin, I believe, next Monday. So you'll be learning more about that as we get closer to the season. But I think the middle of February is when they start. So D1 and D-Bat, it never rains. It's never too cold. It's never too hot. It's always very clean and a great place for your youngsters to work out D1 and D-Bat training. This uh, program also brought to you in part by our friends at Mobay Beignet, which is the official beignet of the Eagle Hour. It's a great place for Southern Miss students who want to go study, grab a little bit of coffee, and, um, and some beignets as well with the seasonal different flavored toppings that you have with your beignets. Mobay Beignet is right across from the main entrance to the campus on Hardy Street. All right, Ben Milam, a little bit about a lot of things. First of all, Santrell Latham, who was done with eligibility, though, he has kind of let everybody know what's on his plate now. Right, yeah, he's he's put his name into the draft, and he was preseason all-conference all conference selection in the postseason after the season. And he was, uh, yeah, I mean, as Hayes talked about, he was a guy who's been here, this was his sixth year, I believe. And so, um, you know, has, has had some injuries and, and, and things of that nature, but has been, you know, has continued the pipeline of really strong Southern Miss linebackers. And, and uh, you know, it's sort of become a theme uh, to announce that you're entering the NFL draft, announce your intentions, even though you don't have a year coming back. But just to, to see Santrell get a chance, I mean, it is really fun to see because he's certainly earned it. And prior to the show, Hayes Maples was talking about one, of, and I mean this in a good way, that, that Latham is a maniac, that this guy... <laughs> which might, which will probably help him in the NFL, I would imagine. <laughs> yeah, maybe a Steelers uh, pick sure. or, or uh, somewhere in there. But we wish uh, Santrell Latham the best of luck. Meanwhile, we don't normally talk about athletes that are transferring away from, from Southern Miss. Um, so this is not going to be a, a, a habit by any means. But Trey Lowe, who uh, started some games against Southern Miss, I, I wanted to touch upon this because I just think it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, the former coach, Jamie Chadwell, who was at Coastal Carolina, took the job at Liberty when Hugh Freeze left Liberty to right. go to Auburn. Well, Trey Lowe put his name in the transfer portal and has accepted an invitation to go to Liberty to be coached by Jamie Chadwell. Yeah, it's a it's a little funky, and as we, we've talked about, Liberty is just sort of I'm kind of tired of hearing about Liberty a little bit <laughs> yeah, because yeah. it seems as as if Southern Miss has played them in just about everything. But Lowe had a great game against them, and that's that is why it's interesting. It's it's you look back at that now, and it sort of seems like okay, maybe that was Trello's tri- uh, tryout a little bit, and Jamie Chadwell, I'm sure, saw the the potential, and the talent of Trey Lowe, and that obviously stuck in his mind as he was trying to fill out his quarterback room at this new place so trey low again headed to liberty and that's all that's as forrest compass said that's all we're going to say about right. that all right last night's uh, national championship of football i you know i have to wonder here's the only thing that i really want to bring up about it 65 mm-hmm. points really I mean, and you didn't, and Kirby Smart didn't really put any of his reserves in until much later. Could have been, well, I th- it could have been way worse than that. Do you think so? I think so. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, for for a team, but, for a guy that picked TCU to win last night, uh, was that me? <laughs> yes. Are you sure? In fact, it was. Okay. Uh, but does does this send a message that the national championship seemingly every year is going to go through the that league? I won't even say the letters, but right. you know what I'm talking Redacted about. Redacted league, yeah. yeah. Um, I, 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 we touched on this with Hayes. It is 
become a very and we don't people don't need us to tell them this it's become a very top heavy sport division one football college football but I, I really do believe the 12 team playoff will help spread that out a little bit because I mean you think about these guys these five-star recruits who are getting interest from you know the the, the upper echelon and the question that it more often than not I imagine it's going to come down to where do I have the the best chance to first of all go to the NFL and get a big contract but also play for a national championship I mean that, that is a big factor for these guys and I mean you can name three maybe four uh, ahead of every season who you feel like has an actual chance to play in a national championship much less get even get into the the 14 playoff and so when you when you widen the opportunity I think that's going to spread the talent out a little bit and hopefully take us the other direction away from the top heavy and I think the transfer portal will also do that sure you know it'll, and NIL maybe a little bit yeah it will help some people it'll hurt some people too yeah, I guess that's the way one way of looking at it. But I, the team that won last night, Georgia, is slowly becoming the new A word. Right. You know? So um, right. Anyway, you saw what the results were, and uh, I will be interested to see what the TV ratings were. Did you watch the full game? I did not. Okay. I did not. I was at a, a, a junior college basketball game last night, but I was uh-huh. listening to it on the way home, yeah. and it really did not seem to be you know much of a much of a ball game. We're going to be talking basketball on the program tomorrow with Steve Cotton, the radio voice of uh, the Marshall Thundering Herd, the men's Golden Eagle team in Huntington tomorrow night. The third game of a four-game road trip. They'll wrap it up against Arkansas State on Saturday. The Lady Eagles are home tomorrow. We'll set the table uh, with Steve Cotton tomorrow along with Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation. Big day scheduled for you tomorrow on the Eagle Hour. We hope you will be here. For Ben Milam and producer-engineer Michael Mergens, I'm Kelly Sander. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you again tomorrow at 1. But until then, Southern Miss to the top. top. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.